0: Your parents know that you listen to the evil rock music. You're an American teenager, for God's sake. Welcome to Gilmore Girls Soundtrack. I'm Melissa Olson. Episode 113, Ladies and Gentlemen, The Bangles. Today, we'll discuss the soundtrack of Season 1, Episode 13, Concert Interruptus. I'll tell you more about the first Gilmore Girls Soundtrack giveaway, and we'll finish up with recommendations based on what we heard in this episode in the weekly segment, Spinning in Stars Hollow. So grab a cup of coffee, it's time for Gilmore Girls Soundtrack. Based on the name of this episode alone it should be pretty clear that we have a theme going on. We are about to learn so much about the Bengals.
1: Okay, you guys are going to love me. We already love you. No, I mean, you're going to really love me. We do. Trust me, you guys are going to so love me. Okay, the love is starting to fade now, Suki. I have here in my hand, as requested by Ms. Lorelai Gilmore, four fabulous tickets to the Bengals at the Passarelli Theater on Saturday. (laughs) What? No. You love me? Oh, baby, do I. Are these good seats? These look like good seats. It's ninth row aisle. I can't believe you got me my tickets. How did you score these? Remember the burn Bomb wedding, Fiji Fantasy? Yes. They were so thrilled with the volcano wedding cake that they wanted to do something nice for me. And since Mr. Burnbomb runs a ticket agency and I knew you we were dying to go, so I asked him if he could... Make four girls very happy. Yeah, and he
0: did. Huzzah for the
1: burn Bombs! <laughs> hey, Suki, if... If you got four tickets and you and mom go, then that means Mm, one for you and one for Lane.
0: Obviously, all those in this room were very excited at the opportunity to get to see the Bengals in New York City. However, in February 2001, when this episode aired, it had been over 10 years since the Bengals played a show in New York. Furthermore, the theater Suki mentions does not exist. Here she refers to Pastorelli Theater, but later it's pronounced as the Pastorella Theater. Either way, this place is fictional. The Bengals had only been reunited since 1999 and had just completed a brief reunion tour in late 2000 through January 2001, which included shows in Los Angeles, San Diego, Boston, Houston, and Fort Worth. I point out these details to highlight writer and show creator Amy Sherman Palladino's impeccable dedication to regularly peppering her scripts with accurate references to the real world. While the inclusion of the Bengals as a reunited band is 100% factual, the circumstances in which the Gilmore Girls get to see the band are completely manufactured. I don't mean that as a slam, though. She made the best solution possible, given the circumstances. Sherman Palladino created the world of Stars Hollow in Connecticut, and she couldn't have had the girls travel all the way to Los Angeles just to see the Bengals. Not after she had established Lorelei being in need of financial assistance from her parents to pay for Rory's tuition to Chilton. The Gilmore household may spend a fortune buying takeout, but they certainly couldn't afford a cross-country road trip to see the reunion tour of one of Lorelai's favorite bands. Thus, the Pastorella Theater is imagined into existence, but it is just as real as Luke's Diner in the whimsical world of Rory and Lorelai. Okay, so what's the plan? We'll go in and ask her if I can go to a play tomorrow night with you and Lorelai. A play, I think that's the safest word. Show or concert would be very bad. What about saying it's a movie? Too far from the truth, almost a lie. But a play's not a lie? Well, it's far enough away from the truth that it might work, but close enough to the truth that I think I could negotiate a purgatory stint if forced to. Play it is. Okay, we're going in. As always, Lane walks the fine line between truth and lies with her mother, Mrs. Kim. This kind of concert is essential in Lane's mind, the bangles being an important part of rock history. And to be able to see it from the ninth row, what a dream. But Lane has a tendency to be a little hasty and lax on details when going in to negotiate with her mother. This time is no exception, and she fumbles right from the start.
1: Uh, Mama, can I talk to you for a minute? I'm busy.
0: I know. I was just wondering if I could go somewhere tomorrow with Rory and her mom. Tomorrow is church. This would be after church. After church, we think about what we heard in church. Well, I thought I could think about what I heard in church on the way to the show. Show? Play. Not show, play. It's a play, mama. Tell me about
1: this play. What's it about? Okay. well, it's about a group of people who own instruments and stand in front of other people holding them. What? I'm not sure what it's about. We could find out. You find out, then we talk.
0: While all of this planning to walk like an Egyptian at the fictional Pastorella Theater is going on, Lorelai is busy collecting donations for a huge town rummage sale. The next musical reference comes from the ever-fascinating Miss Patty. She's the dance teacher in town, so we often find her character involved in the show's musical references. It seems she's getting rid of a few especially unique items during this rummage sale.
1: Wow! Ha! These are great. (laughs) Well, they'll really come in handy when we finally organize that giant marching band we've been talking about. I danced on these drums at the Copacabana in 1969. Wow! Yeah, it was a great act. I wore bananas. Oh, please, tell me you have a picture of that. (laughs) A lot of memories happened on these drums. But I guess it's time to move on. Yeah, sure. Now you'll finally have room for that enormous tuba you've had your eyes on. Leave leave these here.
0: Now, I went back and forth on this, but I just have to make a sidebar here. A recent image from Netflix promoting the revival Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life caused a lot of rumors to swirl. It was a photo of a plate of Pop-Tarts with an apple in the center. People automatically assume this meant someone will be pregnant in the revival. While I see where this assumption could be made, I have to say it's a huge stretch and completely inaccurate. That image, which you can see in the show notes, is actually a direct reference to this very episode. Lorelai provides an appetizer for the girls until the pizza arrives during their study session.
1: There. Pop-Tart appetizers to tide you over until the pizza comes.
0: Thanks. Just before Lorelai says there, she places one single apple in the center of a plate filled with Pop-Tarts. Voila. There's your Netflix promotion image. I also added a video of this scene to the show notes for this episode, just in case you need to see it for yourself to believe it. I know this isn't a music reference, but I couldn't just let those pregnancy conspiracy theorists ride that wave any longer. There were apples in the Gilmore house in season one, on several occasions. I know this doesn't jive with the way the show progresses, but it's true. It's just like Lane talking about Eminem in episode one, but clearly not being that into hip-hop in later seasons. I'm not saying I'm ruling out a Gilmore baby in the revival. I'm just saying, give this reference its proper credit. I'm hoping that photo is actually teasing another musical guest in the revival. Maybe the Go-Go's? This particular scene leads into Lorelai inviting Rory's classmates to the Bangles concert, since Elaine didn't win her mother over with her honesty. Lorelai and Suki will buy cheap seats at the door so Rory can bond with her new friends from Chilton.
1: With these tickets, you're about to enter sacred space. You will be treading on hallowed ground. You will be walking like an Egyptian. (laughs) Mom? Take them! Oh, you're gonna have a great time. The Bangles are the best. They were my favorite group in high school. I almost named you Susanna. The day I found out you had no musical talent at all it was the saddest day of my life.
0: We hear our first Bangles song, "Walk Like an Egyptian," as the girls arrive at the Pastorella Theater.
1: Down like Like an
0: Egyptian. Walk Like an Egyptian was released in 1986 as the third single from the Bengals' second studio album, Different Light. The song was written by Liam Sternberg after watching people on a ferry walking awkwardly to keep their balance, which reminded him of figures from Egyptian reliefs. It was a million-selling single and became Billboard's number one song of 1987. Walk Like an Egyptian is the first song by an all-female group playing mostly their own instruments to top the Billboard singles chart.
1: Okay. That was fine. Yep. Not bad at all. <laughs> what? What? What is so funny? These are the worst seats in the entire world. (laughs) They are. Are they?
0: Once everyone finds their seats, the Bengals appear on stage, opening the show with Hero Takes a Fall.
1: The hero is exposed when His crimes are brought to the light of day Won't be feeling sorry, sorry, sorry On the judges' day
0: Hero Takes a Fall comes from the Bengals' debut studio album, all over the place. Released in 1984 on Columbia Records, the album was not a major commercial success, peaking at number 80 on the Billboard 200 albums chart, with no charting singles. The album sold respectably, mostly through steady airplay on college stations. It also gave the Bengals the opportunity to perform as an opening act for Cyndi Lauper and Huey Lewis and the News, which brought the group to the attention of Prince, who would later write Manic Monday, the Bengals' first hit. The second song performed by the Bengals on Gilmore Girls is Eternal Flame, which is performed while Lorelei asks Suki about Luke's ex-girlfriend Rachel. Close
1: your eyes. Give me-
0: is a ballad and love song from the Bengals 1988 album, Everything. It became a hit single upon release in 1989, peaking at number one on the charts in nine countries, including Australia, the Netherlands, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Flame was written by the established songwriting partnership of Billy Steinberg and Tom Kelly, along with the Bengals' Susanna Hoffs. Having previously reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 in December 1986 with Walk Like an Egyptian, The Bangles became the third girl group to score multiple number ones in the United States, after the Supremes with 12 number ones and the Shirelles with only two. It's my opinion that this song selection was no accident. When Suki accuses Lorelai of being jealous, Lorelai's reaction makes it pretty clear that she has feelings for Luke. This isn't our first hint at where things are headed with Luke and Lorelai, but if you've already seen the rest of the series, you know the idea of carrying eternal flame is something Luke could also be accused of, and not just in regards to his ex-girlfriend Rachel shall At concert, Lorelai discovers that Madeline and Louise left with some boys that were sitting behind them. She successfully finds the party that the girls went to thanks to the help of a song by the Jayhawks playing loud enough to hear in the hallway. The, the Jayhawks are an American alternative country rock band from Minneapolis. This song, I'm Gonna Make You Love Me, comes from the band's sixth studio album, Smile, released in 2000. The New York Times positively reviewed the album, but referencing the band's lack of widespread recognition titled The Review, What If You Made a Classic and No One Cared? This song also appeared in Ralph Lauren commercials, as well as the second soundtrack released from the popular television teen drama, Dawson's Creek. If you follow Gilmore Girls Soundtrack on Instagram or Facebook, you've probably already noticed the first giveaway has begun. For a chance to win a copy of Our Little Corner of the World, plus a custom-made mix CD based on Season 1 musical references, visit gilmoregirlssoundtrack.com. There are quite a few ways to enter, so don't miss your chance. It's time for Spinning in Stars Hollow, where I give recommendations for songs you might enjoy based on music we've heard on this episode of Gilmore Girls. You can always find these songs on the Spinning in Stars Hollow playlist in the show notes for each episode at GilmoreGirlsSoundtrack.com. This week, we take a major cue from Lorelai's favorite band from her high school years, The Bangles. First up, West End Girls from Pet Shop Boys. British pop duo Pet Shop Boys brings us a song inspired by T.S. Eliot's poem, The Wasteland, particularly in the use of different narrative voices and arcane references. The lyrics are largely concerned with class and inner-city pressure. The duo consists of Neil Tennant and Chris Lowe, who wrote the songs together and released the song twice as a single, once in April 1984 and once in October 1985. West End Girls was well-received by contemporary music critics and has been frequently cited as a highlight in the career of the duo. In a
1: western town, the dead-end world, the eastern boys and western girls. In a western town, the dead-end world, the eastern boys and western girls.
0: The first version of the song became a club hit in the United States and some European countries, but after the duo signed with EMI, the song was re-recorded for their first studio album, Please. The newer version was released in October 1985, peaking at number one on the 1986 Billboard Hot 100 and reaching the top of the charts in many other countries, including Finland, Canada, New Zealand, and Norway. Based on the other music she was interested in, the charting performance of this song, and the time period of its release, I'd bet Lorelei owned a a Pet shot Boys cassette. How could she resist a song with lyrics about a dead-end world? She was definitely an angsty teen, even before she knew Rory was on the way. Next we have Cruel Summer from Banana Rama. Cruel Summer was a 1983 hit in Britain, reaching number 8 on the charts. In 1984, it peaked on US charts at number 9 on the Billboard Hot 100. Cruel Summer was not an immediate international success upon release. The song's popularity soared after being included in the 1984 feature film, The Karate Kid, the summer after its original release. The film's soundtrack album did not include the song at the request of the band, but it still went on to be Bananarama's first top 10 hit in the United States you mm-hmm. my. Lorelai would have been a fan of Bananarama when she was in high school, perhaps including this song on mixtapes she made alongside Bangles songs. In the season 3 episode, Application Anxiety, Lorelai even mentions to Rory that instead of going to college, they should run away and form an all-girl group with Lane, like Bananarama, or Rama or Banana Rama or something. Last up, we have What I Like About You from The Romantics. What I Like About You was written by an American rock band from Detroit, Michigan, The Romantics. The band filmed a music video for this song that was in frequent rotation on MTV during the early 1980s. What I Like About You was already a popular song on the Romantics concert playlist when the single was first released. In terms of record sales and radio airplay, the song was only a moderate success at the time of release, peaking at number 49 on the Billboard Hot 100. However, the song did quite well in Australia, reaching number 2 on the Australian singles chart. Toward the end of the 80s, Budweiser licensed the song for use in beer commercials, beginning the rise of What I Like About You from minor hit to one of the most popular rock anthems of all time. This song has been used on many compilation albums of 80s music, maintains rotation on classic rock radio stations, and has been used extensively at sporting events, on television, and in films. This song is so prominent in pop culture, my guess is, Lorelai would probably say she can barely tolerate the song after hearing it so many times, but it would probably also be on her list of guilty pleasures. Actually, I hope she doesn't feel guilty about it. She's more confident than that. She wouldn't let anyone make her feel bad for liking a pop song, so I'll change my analysis. What I like about you is what Lorelai would sing to tease Rory before a first date, or to get through one of those tough days at the dragonfly, or to thank Luke for brewing her a pot of non-decaf coffee. I'm Melissa Olson. Thank you for joining me this week for Gilmore Girls Soundtrack. To read the show notes, find the playlists for the complete Gilmore Girls Soundtrack and Spinning in Stars Hollow. And for more information on the giveaway mentioned in today's episode, please visit GilmoreGirlsSoundtrack.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Until next week, keep the coffee coming.
1: How's that purgatory negotiation looking? I Good. Hey!